section sixty nine of the united states this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the world's story volume twelve united states edited by eva march tappan section sixty nine judge sewell's courtship seventeen twenty by judge samuel sewell judge sewell lived in boston during the last quarter of the seventeenth century and the first quarter of the eighteenth it was much the fashion to keep diaries and the judge kept one from which the following extract is taken his diary was written for himself alone and it reveals with a fascinating frankness and a delightful egotism the details of boston life in his day the editor october twenty one friday my son the minister came to me p m by appointment and we pray one for another in the old chamber more especially respecting my courtship about six o'clock i go to madame winthrop's sarah told me her mistress was gone out but did not tell me whither she went she presently ordered me a fire so i went in having dr sibbs bowles with me to read i read the two first sermons still nobody came in at last about nine o'clock mr john eyre came in i took the opportunity to say to him as i had done to mrs noyes before that i hoped my visiting his mother would not be disagreeable to him he answered me with much respect when twas after nine o'clock he of himself said he would go and call her she was but at one of his brothers a while after i heard madame winthrop's voice inquiring something about john after a good while and clapping the garden door twice or thrice she came in i mentioned something of the lateness she bantered me and said i was later she received me courteously i asked when our proceedings should be made public she said they were like to be no more public than they were already offered me no wine that i remember i rose up at eleven o'clock to come away saying i would put on my coat she offered not to help me i prayed her that juno might light me home she opened the shutter and said twas pretty light abroad juno was weary and gone to bed so i came home by starlight as well as i could at my first coming in i gave sarah five shillings i writ mr eyre his name in his book with the date october twenty one seventeen twenty it cost me eight shillings jehovah jira madam told me she had visited mr micah wendell and william clark of the south church october twenty two dater cooper visited me before my going out of town stayed till about sunset i brought her going near as far as the orange tree coming back near legs corner little david jeffreys saw me and looking upon me very lovingly asked me if i was going to see his grandmother i said not to-night gave him a penny and bid him present my service to his grandmother october twenty four i went in the hackney coach through the common stopped at madame winthrop's had told her i would take my departure from thence sarah came to the door with katie in her arms but i did not think to take notice of the child called her mistress i told her being encouraged by david jeffreys loving eyes and sweet words i was come to inquire whether she could find in her heart to leave that house and neighbourhood and go and dwell with me at the south end i think she said softly not yet i told her it did not lie in my 
lands to keep a coach if i should i should be in danger to be brought to keep company with her neighbour brooker he was a little before sent to prison for debt told her i had an antipathy against those who would pretend to give themselves but nothing of their estate i would a proportion of my estate with myself and i suppose she would do so as to a periwig my best and greatest friend i could not possibly have a greater began to find me with hair before i was born and had continued to do so ever since and i could not find it in my heart to go to another she commended the book i gave her dr preston the church marriage quoted him saying twas inconvenient keeping out of a fashion commonly used i said the time and tide did circumscribe my visit she gave me a dram of black cherry brandy and gave me a lump of sugar that was in it she wished me a good journey i prayed god to keep her and came away had a very pleasant journey to salem thirty one two at night i visited madame winthrop about six p m they told me she was gone to madame Mico's. i went thither and found she was gone so returned to her house read the epistles to the galatians ephesians and mr urie's latin bible after the clock struck eight i began to read the one hundred and third psalm mr wendell came in from his warehouse asked me if i were alone spake very kindly to me offered me to call madame winthrop i told him she would be angry had been at mrs Mico's. he helped me on with my coat and i came home left the gazette in the bible which told sarah of bitter present my service to mrs winthrop and tell her i had been to wait on her if she had been at home november one i was so taken up that i could not go if i would november midweek went again and found mrs alden there who quickly went out gave her about a half pound of sugar almonds cost three shillings per pound carried them on monday she seemed pleased with them asked what they cost spake of giving her a hundred pounds per annum if i died before her asked her what sum she would give me if she should die first said i would give her time to consider of it she said she heard as if i had given all to my children by deeds of gift told her twas a mistake point judith was mine etc that in england i owned my father's desire was that it should go to my eldest son twas twenty pounds per annum she thought twas forty i think when i seemed to excuse pressing this she seemed to think twas best to speak of it a long winter was coming on gave me a glass or two of canary november fourth friday went again about seven o'clock found there mr john wally and his wife sat discoursing pleasantly i showed them isaac moses's an indian writing madam w served comfits to us after a while a table was spread and supper was set i urged mr wally to crave a blessing but he put it upon me about nine they went away i asked madam what fashioned necklace i should present her with she said none at all i asked her whereabout we left off last time mentioned what i had offered to give her asked her what she would give me she said she could not change her condition she had said so from the beginning could not be so far from her children the lecture quoted the apostle paul affirming that a single life was better than a married i answered that was for the present distress said she had not pleasure in things of that nature as formerly i said you are the fitter to make me a wife if she held in that mind i must go home and bewail my rashness in making more haste than good speed however considering the supper i desired her to be within next monday night if we lived so long assented she charged me with saying that she must put away juno if she came to me i utterly denied it it never came into my heart yet she insisted upon it saying it came in upon discourse about the indian woman that obtained her freedom this court about ten i said i would not disturb the good orders of her house and came away 
she not seeming pleased with my coming away spake to her about david jeffreys had not seen him monday november seventh my son prayed in the old chamber our time had been taken up by son and daughter cooper's visit so that i only read the one hundred and thirtieth and one hundred forty third psalm twas on the account of my courtship i went to madam winthrop found her rocking her little katie in the cradle i excused my coming so late near eight she set me an armchair and cushion and so the cradle was between her armchair and mine gave her the remnant of my almonds she did not eat of them as before but laid them away i said i came to inquire whether she had altered her mind since friday or remained of the same mind still she said thereabouts i told her i loved her and was so fond as to think that she loved me she said she had a great respect for me i told her i had made her an offer without asking any advice she had so many to advise with that twas an hindrance the fire was come to one short brand besides the block which brand was set up in end at last it fell to pieces and no recruit was made she gave me a glass of wine i think i repeated again that i would go home and bewail my rashness in making more haste than good speed i would endeavour to contain myself and not go on to solicit her to do that which she could not consent to took leave of her as came down the steps she bid me have a care treated me courteously told her she had entered the fourth year of her widowhood i had given her the newsletter before i did not bid her draw off her glove as some time i had done her dress was not so clean as some time it had been jehovah jirah midweek november ninth dine at brother stoddard's were so kind and as to inquire of me if they should invite madam winthrop i answered no End of section sixty nine. This recording is in the public domain.